You are listening to an audio recording from the ministry of Jefferson Town Bible Church in Jefferson Town, Kentucky, where we gather to proclaim God's Word. For more information, please visit jtownbible.org. And we're looking at this whole rich pattern of truth uh, revealed in Romans 14 and 15 concerning our liberty in Christ Jesus. John and I were teaching through the book of Romans. We got up through uh, chapter 11, so we didn't get into the rest of the chapters. There just wasn't time. Uh, But as we come to this portion in Romans, Paul is talking to the uh, Roman believers because they have experienced the grace of God and come to faith in Christ Jesus. And one of the important dynamics of our relationship with Christ is our liberty in Christ Jesus. And it's vitally important that we understand what that liberty is. And that liberty is a a liberty from the bondage of sin and our freedom now to live for Christ. And that is what we'll be talking about this morning. That uh, living and loving, loving liberty means that we now have the ability in Christ Jesus and the call to live in the Lord. Prior to our faith in Christ Jesus, we didn't have the capability to live unto or for the Lord. We really didn't have any desire to live for the Lord. But now that we are a believer and God has done that work of grace in us and brought us to faith in Christ Jesus, and now we're growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have the liberty in Christ Jesus, a liberty not only from the bondage of sin and the power of sin, we're freed from that, but a liberty now to live unto God. That's what liberty is about. It's a freedom from sin and a liberty, a freedom now to live unto God. Those are important dynamics to grasp because there are misconceptions about liberty today. Uh, I I experienced it uh, in my years uh, as a believer here in the United States. Typically when a a discussion about a Christian's liberty would come up, uh, inevitably it would gravitate toward uh, the areas of what, that were called gray areas, that Christian liberty has to do with the gray areas of life. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You don't find that in the Scriptures. Now there are principles clearly in Scripture that guide us uh, in regard to matters that are not specifically addressed in Scripture. But liberty in Scripture, the liberty that we have in Christ, the liberty that we are given in Christ, is that liberty, as I've stated, that is a freedom from sin. We're freed from the bondage of sin. We're no longer under the bondage of sin. We're no longer under the condemnation of sin. We have been freed from that master. That's what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 8. We are free from sin. We have been made free. Let us live now in this liberty. So it's, it's, we're freed from that which had us bound. But now we can live unto God because that's what we're created to do. God created man to live unto him, to have that fellowship with him, to enjoy the life that he gave Adam and Eve. And that, that was disrupted with sin. So in coming to faith in Jesus Christ, now we have the enablement of God to live unto God. And that's what Paul stresses in verses 6 through 9 
of Romans chapter 14, as he has been uh, through uh, the first five verses. I'm still in the book of Acts. As he begins the chapter, he says, Receive or take to yourselves one who is weak in the faith, one who has a more limited understanding of the faith, but do not get involved in disputes over doubtful things or opinions or where they're at in their thinking. Don't, don't immediately engage them in conversation where you're going to set them straight. Um, let God do that through his word, is, is Paul's um, teaching and appeal. And then he gives a couple of examples that we talked about a couple of weeks ago or so uh, regarding very real examples uh, concerning diet and concerning special days, holy days. And those were not only significant issues in the Jewish community, but the pagan community as well. And Paul's point was, let God use his word to bring people along where they realize what God actually says in his word, be faithful to teach his word so that uh, they can be growing in the faith, the faith meaning the truth that God has revealed. So now we come to verses 6 through 9, and Paul says, now you can live unto the Lord. Track with me through this. He says this regarding um, <clears throat> the days and the other issues. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. So in his own conscience, his own understanding, at this point in his journey of understanding and growing in the faith, he is observing the day as unto the Lord. He's, he's worshiping the Lord. His motive, his attitude is to do it unto the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord does not observe it. As to the Lord. In other words, um, you may have had those Jews who believed it was important to continue to observe the, the Feast of Festivals and, and to continue to observe that. And Paul is saying, let them continue with that as they're being exposed to the Word of God and they're doing it as unto the Lord, but there are those believers who understand that that's not necessary anymore biblically, and what they do, they don't observe it, but they do it as unto the Lord. The Scriptures have uh, they've come to a greater understanding of Scripture. So Paul's saying uh, they do what they do to the Lord. Uh, the other half of verse 6, He who eats, eats to the Lord. For he gives God's thanks. This is talking about the, the believers who say, hey, it's, God says all food is clean, so therefore I can eat whatever is put before me, as opposed to those who had a more restricted diet because they had not yet come to grasp that truth. And so they do not eat, but they, their motive is still the same, is unto the Lord. So Paul is saying, understand this. What they're doing is they're living to the Lord in their motive. God in his time will bring them along in their maturity of the truth. God oftentimes, if not always, has more patience than we do. <laughs> Let God work. Because any real change is change that God brings through his word. Verse 7. Interesting statement by Paul. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. In the context here, Paul's talking about living to the Lord. And what he's stressing is simply this, that wherever, wherever one is at in the spectrum here, they're, they're living is to the Lord, and no one in their life is, is uh, living 
to or for himself or herself. They're living for the Lord as a believer. And when the time of death comes, they die in the Lord and unto the Lord. Um, and so he, he's stressing here that, that this is all about the liberty that we have in Christ to live our lives unto the Lord, to make our lives count for the Lord. There's also an interesting subsequent dynamic to this in verse 7, in that we are not islands unto ourselves. What we do impacts those around us. There may be those who try to and do tell themselves that what I do doesn't impact anybody else, or it shouldn't, because my life is my life and their life is their life, and, and it shouldn't impact anybody. But the reality is this. What we do or don't do does impact other people. And we see this truth emphasized in different ways in the New Testament. In the body of Christ, we rejoice together, we weep together. Uh, what we do in the, as a body of believers does impact one another. So no one can truly assume the attitude that what he or she does does not in, impact anyone else. And what Paul is saying in the context here, as we take this sub-application, is that don't think that you can have an attitude about your fellow believers uh, and that how your conduct affects them, does or doesn't affect them, uh, that, that you have no responsibility there. Paul's saying we do have responsibility for we impact other people by what we do or don't do, by our activity or inactivity. But the primary point in this context in verse 7 is that we are now freed in our liberty in Christ to live unto the Lord. We don't live for ourselves. We don't die for ourselves. Who do we live for? Who do we die for? The Lord. Life for the Christian now is about living for the Lord. That's not an option. Living for the Lord as a follower of Jesus Christ is not an option. It's not one of the options that's given out there. Option one, live for the Lord. Option two, live for the flesh. Option three, live for the world, which is tied in with living for the flesh. The, the only option for the believer is make your life count for the Lord. Live for the Lord. Now we can live for the Lord. Our life can matter for the Lord. Our life can make a difference for the Lord because we are free. Liberty has to do with that, not gray areas. That's one of the reasons why I kind of camped there because I've, I've seen too many conversations, um, whether it's in a classroom, whether it's in a local church or other settings where discussion of Christian liberty gravitates toward, quote, the gray areas, and that's where it camps. And it's like, no, that is not what it is about. And when it gets camped there, then you miss the whole point of liberty. Liberty isn't about how much can I get away with and still not sin. <laughs> that's not what it's about. It's about making our lives count for the Lord, making our lives living as unto the Lord. And that's what Paul is stressing in these verses. Verse 8, for if we live, we do what? We live to the Lord. That's the attitude of the believer. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we do what? We die as unto the Lord. In other words, we, we know that our, our death, we're going to go be with the Lord, but we also know that in our death, 
is a testimony of, of the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Uh, all of those truths that come to play at the, the end of this physical life, it's all wrapped up in these truths. And so Paul is saying, uh, if we live, we're living for the Lord. If we die, we're dying to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are what? The Lord's. It's all about the Lord. And having our lives count for him. Liberty is about living for the Lord. <clears throat> for to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again. To what end? That he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. He's Lord. He's Lord of the living. And he's Lord over those who have died. Because living in Christ is about living unto him and for him. It uh, fits in with what Paul said back in Romans chapter 11 and verse 36. Let's pick it up in verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him to whom be glory forever. Those who don't know Christ cannot live for the glory of God. Those who do not know Christ the glory of God cannot be expressed through them. But for the believer, we can live unto the glory of God. God's glory can be expressed in and through us. And that is through a life that is lived unto the Lord. And we can live that life unto the Lord because we have been set free. That's what liberty is about. We have freedom. Freedom to live to the Lord. Freedom from sin. Freedom to live unto God. And that's what Paul is stressing in chapter 14. Let God do his work. Be patient. Let God use his word in the life of the body of Christ. And let him move each person along as they are exposed to the word of God to mature in the faith. And let's be patient and watch God work. Let's make our lives count for the Lord. Let's live unto him because that's what liberty is all about. So we're going to wrap it up there this morning and Lord willing come together next week and pick it up and continue on this journey of, of our liberty. And we'll get into an interesting section next week as it talks about the judgment seat of Christ. Very important doctrine in the New Testament. But let's bow for a prayer. Father, we thank you for this time we've had together in your word. And Lord, as we give thanks to you, we give thanks for this portion of your word. We give you thanks for the wonderful liberty that we have in Christ Jesus. And uh, Lord, as we conclude our service today, we, we do want to remember in prayer... Uh, different ones who have shared requests this morning. Father, we think of Marianne and um, her initiation of a Bible study. She's preparing for it now that's uh, uh, directed toward uh, others in her neighborhood, uh, those who are not saved and those who are fairly new in the faith and um, need foundational truth. And we pray that you would just bless her and enable her to prepare um, well for this uh, ministry to her neighbors, doing ministry where she lives life. We pray for her and commend her to you and pray that you will bless this effort to be a witness and testimony for Christ and also to be a, a resource to help other believers who are new in the faith to be more fully grounded in the faith.
Father, we also would uh, uh, pray for um, another request here, and that deals with an individual who has leukemia, and uh, commend this individual to you and pray, Father, for their healing, and Father, that you would undertake uh, and sustain them, we commend them to you and to your care, and uh, for Linda as she faces uh, uh, surgery for breast cancer, uh, we pray for her, and Lord, not only that the surgery would go well, but Father, uh, we pray that she would come to know Christ as her Savior. Father, we pray for Kevin's neighbor, Mark, and uh, Father, he's, he's seeking to deal with corruption in a workplace and uh, very possibly may lose his job because of it. We pray that you grant him peace and grace and wisdom and boldness to do that which is right in your sight and trust you with the results. Father, we pray for uh, the salvation for Darnell, uh, a TV reporter, uh, and pray that uh, as Darnell has heard the gospel to a certain extent, we pray that that, that would bear fruit unto salvation. Father, we uh, pray for our own state, and uh, Lord, as there's the opportunity to pass morally sound legislation, we pray that the, the state leaders, the legislators, those involved with the decision-making would rise to the occasion and do that which is good and right and best in your sight and for the people of Kentucky. And Father, we uh, just want to remember these requests before you today. And again, thank you for this time to be together today. It is a blessing. And uh, Lord, we thank you for our fellowship together in Christ Jesus. And we do so in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been an audio recording from the ministry of Jefferson Town Bible Church in Jefferson Town, Kentucky, where we gather to proclaim God's word. For more information, please visit jtownbible.org.